Today and over the next few weeks, I want to talk about what it means for us to build bridges. As we look around our world, there are all kinds of chasms where there need to be bridges. There is all kinds of division where we need bridges. There are all kinds of potholes that we need to cover in so people can walk across and we can experience this great unity that God so desires for his people and for humanity. And the good news is, and I want to just affirm this in you as we start, is that if you are a follower of Jesus, then God has commissioned you as a bridge builder. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have no excuse to build walls of hostility, to hide behind walls of prejudice. If you follow Jesus, you need to be a bridge builder. The Apostle Paul says that we, those who belong to Christ, those who are part of the church, are a part of the priesthood of all believers. The priesthood of all believers. Did you know that? You're a priest. And one of the primary responsibilities of a priest is that priests are people who build bridges. In fact, if you look at the word priest in Latin, it literally means one who builds bridges. You are a priest, and priests build bridges. You, if you belong to Christ, have a responsibility to build bridges. Man, does our world need some bridge builders right now. We're living in a world of segregation and separation. And there is a racial divide that we need to bridge. We live in a world where our political situation is causing so much pain because there's so much division. And as Christians, we have to build bridges. It won't take long to scan the newspaper headlines and to see the division and the brokenness and the disunity and a place where a bridge needs to be built. And friends, we are bridge builders. We are bridge builders. And so over the next few weeks, I'm going to talk through, and I'll have some special guests. Adam is going to come. Brian's going to come and speak. We'll maybe have others who are going to talk about what it means to build bridges and talk about some of the steps to do that. Today, I want to talk about the first step. And it's a very important step. And if we want to be in the bridge-building business then we got to get this down. The first thing that we need to understand is if we're going to be bridge builders is that we need to be people of humility. We need to be people of humility. If you have your Bible with you, turn to John chapter 13. 
you want to look it up on the website, you can. If you want to look it up in the app, you can. But I want to talk you through a story that happened just before Jesus built the biggest bridge and the most important bridge that humanity has been invited to cross. That bridge is the bridge between us and God. You know the gospel story that our sin, our brokenness, our selfishness had created a chasm between fallen humanity and our perfect God. Yet our perfect God loved us so much that he needed to do something to bridge the gap. And so he sent Jesus to die on the cross to forgive our sins, to create a way that we can know him. And so this story happens... The night before Jesus is going to the cross to mend that bridge that separated us from God. And it's a story of humility. It's a story of understanding. And it's understanding and humility that we have to understand if we're going to fulfill our commission as bridge builders. Let's jump into the text. John 13, verse 1. Before the Passover festival, which was several days long, Jesus knew that the hour had come to depart from the world to his Father. Jesus was going to cross that bridge. The good news is he came back across it. But he was crossing that bridge. John records, having loved his own who were in the world, he now loved them to the end. It was time for the supper, and the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands and that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. He's a bridge builder. In these first three verses, we learn something very important about what it means to have the humility to start to build bridges, and it's this. If we want to have the humility to build bridges... We must have the desire to love people well. We must have the desire to love people well. Because that's the preamble to this story. Jesus is loving people well. Verse 2, having loved his own, that's you and me and, and humanity... He wanted to love them to the end. He, he knew he was facing the cross. He had all kinds of things that would have been on his mind in this moment. But the scripture says that he chose to love people to the end. I don't 
know about you, but there are some people that I want to give up on loving, right? It just gets hard. It just gets difficult. And we say, man, I just... It's just too hard. I want to I, I uh, turn down my love towards that, that, those people. I, I got more important things to do. I don't need them in my life. Jesus, who had more important things to focus on, said, I'm not going to turn down love. I'm actually going to amp up love. Because humility says that we must love people well. It's interesting that, si- that Judas was a part of this room. And it says that, that Judah, Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. That this whole uh, plan that was about to be set in motion was starting with Judas. And Judas was right in the room right now. And it would have been real easy for Jesus to say, Oh, Judas, just get out of here. I want nothing to do with you. But Jesus is committed to loving people and is committed to loving even those who aren't like him. Even those who are going to betray him. Even those who are going to turn him in. Jesus loved people well. He loves us well. He loves those who are different from us well. Verse 3, Jesus It says, knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. This is an incredible little verse. Often we get caught in the the, the story and we miss this. Not only did Jesus love everybody, not only did Jesus love people different from himself, at this moment, Jesus knew how loved he was by his father. And he understood what God was doing. He had all the power. He had all the influence. But he chose to use that power to humble himself so that he could love people. The first thing that we need to understand about humility is that humility calls us to love people well. He loved those who were like him and followed him. He loved those who were going to betray him. And even though he had all power, He didn't lean into that power. He humbled himself so that he could continue to love people. The problem of power is arguably one of the most powerful driving factors that causes division. There's not many problems in our world that aren't caused by the abuse and lust over power. Last week we had a community conversation on race and reconciliation, the first one. And our panel of black and white folks unanimously agreed 
that our problems with racism come from abuse of power. Jesus has got all power, but he doesn't use it to manipulate. He doesn't use it to divide. He uses it to humble himself and to serve others and unite. Why? Because he loves us. Humility causes us to love others well. If you want to build bridges, you need to humble yourself and you need to love others well. The story continues, point number two, starting at verse four. Because he wanted to love people well, he got up from the supper He laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, tied it around itself, himself. Next, he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel that was tied around him. The first thing about humility is that humility causes us to love people well. The second thing about humility that we see in Jesus here is that humility helps us to express ourselves in service. A service that puts other people first. A service that loves them. A service that adds value. A service that kills selfishness. He loved people well, and he was able to express himself in serving. You know what's funny about these verses? And in fact, about what's going on here with the disciples. Is that this supper had been well planned for a long time. They'd known that Passover was coming. They knew that Jerusalem was going to be so busy. And so beforehand, a week beforehand, the disciples had gone and secured an upper room for everybody to meet in. And you assume that because they secured the upper room, they also took care of the the, the meal, the catering, however that was done. They wanted to pay attention to every detail But there was one detail that everybody overlooked. And that was the fact that as people came to this upper room, they had walked there through the dust, through the dirt, and their feet were not only smelly, but their feet were incredibly dirty as well. It was tradition, and an appropriate tradition, to have someone there who washed feet. But in all the preparations, they had overlooked That. Why do you think that was? You know why I think it was? Because no one wanted to do it. Everybody wanted to fight for power to get their position at the table. They wanted to celebrate and laugh and enjoy the moment. Nobody wanted to do the dirty work. It was a messy, ugly, smelly job. I remember when our kids were young, there were lots of messy, smelly jobs involved in changing diapers and things like this. And so I think for a while, Tracy and I came up with this, um, this little rule when it came to dirty diapers. 
And the rule was, the one who smelt it first had to change it. You know what? For about the first three years of our kids' lives, I didn't smell a thing. (laughs) Because I didn't want to do the dirty work. But humility says, I am prepared to do that which no one else wants to do. I'm not going to look down on the lowly and the humble and those who are doing the dirty jobs. I'm going to become one of them. Because if I become one of them, it serves people and it adds value to their life and it reflects the heart of God. Humility allows us to love people well. Humility allows us to serve people expressively. If we're going to build bridges across these chasms, it starts in humility, it's birthed in love, but we have to serve those that are on the other side of the bridge. And those that are on this side of the bridge need to serve those on this side of the bridge. And humility becomes this gateway for us to serve. If we want to build bridges, to recap, we have to embrace humility because humility helps us to love well. Secondly, it helps us serve expressively. Thirdly, Humility gives us an opportunity to understand clearly. Humility gives us an opportunity to understand clearly. Jesus gets down, he's doing his thing, he's washing people's feet. And all of a sudden, rather than humbling themselves, some of the disciples are feeling humiliated. And he came to Simon Peter. And Simon said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus said, what I'm doing you don't realize now, but after you, would you will. Verse 8, you will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you will have no part of me. And so Simon says, not just my feet, but my head and everything else about me as well. What's happening here is that Simon Peter does not understand what's going on. He cannot fathom that one who had so much power was prepared to lay that power down so that he could serve people. It didn't compute in his thinking. It didn't think compute in his thinking because he was so full of pride. I don't want you washing my feet. Let me do it, because I want to be next in line. I want to be the greatest. I want to be the man. And he was full of pride, and here's a reality. When you're full of pride, you miss things. When we're full of pride, there are things that happen that we just do not see. And when we're full of pride, we can't embrace the life of humility. And if we can't embrace the life of humility, then we can't build bridges. We have to stop and humble ourselves and understand. Take, for instance, this race conversation. 
there is so much I don't understand because I haven't experienced it. Last week we were at our conversation again. And one of our speakers, a gentleman called Omar, got out of the military and was looking for a job. And he tried for months to find a job. And he got nothing despite sending out hundreds of resumes. A cousin said to him, why don't you lead with your middle name, Mark? It sounds a little bit more white. And so Omar, on his CV, on his uh, resume, switched his name around. Instead of saying Omar Mark, it said Mark Omar. Within days, he received two job offers. I don't understand that. I don't understand what it's like to live under those circumstances. And so what I must do when I don't understand is I must humble myself and try and understand with clarity. Friends, in our world today, stop posting. Stop throwing accusations. Stop making things worse. Stop and seek to understand because that's what humility requires and humility is what's going to build bridges. You see what Simon Peter does here? He gets caught out. He realizes he doesn't understand. And so he makes this declarative statement, you will never wash my feet. It's a statement of pride. It's a statement that would ultimately hurt him in the long term. It's a statement that makes him look like an idiot. And I think that's part of the problem in our world today. When we don't understand, rather than humbly listening, we make these big, bold, judgmental, declarative statements that further the divide when we're supposed to be bridge builders. Humility is the first trait of how we build bridges. Humility helps us love well. Humility helps us serve expressively. Humility helps us understand with clarity. Then the story continues. And finally, we see that humility helps us empower people. Humility lets go of the power that we so often want to hold on to that causes division. And it allows us to empower others to become all that God has created them to be so that we can live in a more equal and equitable society. 
Humility helps us love well. Humility helps us serve expressively. Humility helps us to understand with clarity. And humility helps us to empower people. Verse 12. When Jesus had washed their feet, remember, he's washing Judas' feet as well. He put on his outer clothes and he reclined again and he said to them this question that we need to hear. Do you know what I have done for you? It's a rhetorical question and it's probably a good idea that it was rhetorical because any answer that the disciples would offer would probably have been off. Jesus says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are speaking rightly since that is what I am. But if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done for you. Let me restate that last verse. I've given you an example that you should do for them as I have done for you. Jesus explains what he wants them to do. And he's able to do that with integrity because he's given them an example of what He wants them to do. And in explaining and in providing this example, he is empowering the disciples to go and live their lives as humble servants of his who build bridges where there is great divide. We read in 1 Timothy 5, just a few years later, that it became common practice in the church for those who follow Jesus to wash one another's feet. Why? Because it reminded them of this call to be humble. And it reminded them that humility is the starting place for building bridges. Jesus wasn't so much interested in what the disciples would do externally. He was interested in their heart. And the last thing that he wanted them to get before he went and built this huge bridge between fallen man and a perfect God on the cross is to know that internally, if we want to make a difference, if we want to build bridges, we have to be men and women of humility. Humility. God wants to build bridges all across our community all across our society, between all of our division. He wants to build bridges in our nation. 
He wants to build bridges around the world. And he wants to use you and I in that process. But the starting place is that me and you are willing to kneel down in humility because it's in humility that we are best able to love people well, that we are able to serve expressively, that we are able to understand clearly so that we can empower people purposefully. The best thing that we can do with our power is use it to empower others to build bridges. We need humility. Let's pray together. Lord, you set us an example. You explained that example. And then you empowered us by that example. Lord, we live in a world where there is incredible division. But the chasms in our world now are nothing compared to the chasm that caused our sin to separate us from you. But Jesus, by your life and by your death and by your resurrection, you bridged that chasm as you humbled yourself and became obedient to death even death on a cross Lord would you humble us would you help us to throw aside our pride, our rights, our selfishness, so that we can love people well, so that we can serve expressively, so that we can understand clearly, and so that we can use our power to empower others. to meet us in the middle of these unifying bridges that you want to build. And we ask and we pray as we thank you for your amazing grace. In Jesus' name, amen.